Will Leanne ever stop being mad at Tyler? Deanne Laniel. Hey, I'm Leanne. I'm not honest. <laughs> you always straighten up and then you, then you slouch again. <laughs> Hold that posture. You're, you're starting to be mean. Leanne doesn't do that. I'm not moving the cameras. But Will DeMichael finally get to watch TV? <laughs> I'm not going to cut the TV off. <laughs> Leanne, if you don't turn the TV off, I'm going to watch it. Because they're talking about one of my favorite players. I forgot what remote it is. You forgot? I got oh it, didn't I? Well, now that TV is distracting. Yeah, please. Oh, six. Oh. Okay, I can't work with other TVs on. Will Natasha be able to get everyone to finally get along? I believe it. Titled no. on the laptop. So I'm trying to stand on your good side. You didn't ask me to, like, sit up this time. I hope that camera got right, that. Right, yeah. Yeah. I hope yeah. that so when I go to HR about this issue. Y'all are all fired. I want, I want Hold on, let me put my phone adventures. down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm so hopeful. Got to vacation. They never oh. had the dedication. Tune in for the season finale of... Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Checkerboard Chat, the official sports podcast of the Daily Beacon. I'm Tyler Wombles, and that's to Michael Cole. We're back here bringing you more Tennessee Athletics news, updates, and whatever we feel like talking about. Before we get into it, just got to say this is the last episode of Checkerboard Chat for the season. Um, I want to thank all y'all for watching. It's been great. Really enjoyed it. DeMichael and I have had a great time on here, uh, you know, just talking sports with you, talking Tennessee sports. It's been a great time. But we'll, we'll get into the discussion now, DeMichael, unless you had something you wanted to say. No, let's, let's jump into it. Let's I mean, it's, into it's been a great year. Um, I had a lot of fun this year, and, I mean... Let's do what we always do. Let's talk. Let's talk football. Let's talk let's football. Talk football. We've, we've talked a lot of football this yeah. year, Michael. It seems to and, be a I trend. Mean, we we couldn't predict what happened this year. No, and no. I, I never would have thought in a million years that not only one firing. We we covered two firings of higher positions, and that doesn't include all of the assistant coaches. And it was a roller coaster, but we made it somehow. We don't have well. I have a little gray hair in my head. A little bit, yeah. I have a little bit. But I've no, got a lot. No one you just can't see it, see it yeah, right here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I mean, like, you know, we had a coach, head coach, get fired, and mm. before the new coach got hired, the guy who was supposed to be hiring him got fired. So just you know. Oh, don't forget the protest, the fan protest. The protest, the fan <laughs> protest. We cannot forget about that. That's what. You know, sorry to lead to the demise and, of John Curry. And, and the suspected hiring of at least, what, three coaches? Yeah, at least. Was, um, and there's probably a lot more we didn't even know coaster, about. Yeah. It was crazy. But, yeah, but y'all have been here uh, with us the whole time, and we appreciate that. It's, it's been a wild ride. But, you know, obviously, you know, last Saturday, the Tennessee football team held its annual orange and white game, the culmination of the spring practice period. It was actually the first uh, orange and white game under new head coach Jeremy Pruitt. So just kicking off this discussion to Michael – you know, you covered the game for us. What did you see out of Tennessee's team? What did you see out of Jeremy Pruitt? And what were some major takeaways you had? Well, the first thing that stood out to me was Jeremy Pruitt gave them a D. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, if, if you don't, if you haven't figured this out yet, Jeremy Pruitt is a he, he, no-nonsense type coach. And, I mean, from the normal eye, there were a lot of positives to take away. But he said no. Um, I saw a lot of players out there that looked like they wanted to quit. That's what, those were his words. You know, yeah. he said that he saw and and they asked him. They said, "Well, when was the last time 
you know, he's been at Florida State, Georgia, Alabama. Those are prestigious programs like Tennessee is. But, you know, at the time, while he was at those programs, they were winning at a pretty good rate. And they asked him, when was the last time you dealt with something like this where everyone wasn't as bought in, you know, as you wanted them to be? And he said, oh, he sat back for a second. He said, about 20 years. Yeah. So (laughs) this is this is definitely a culture change that has to take place. And he it's no nonsense. And he could have complimented Garantano. He could have said Garantano. I mean, because personally, I thought Garantano 15 of 27. They aren't the best looking, you know, numbers in the world. But two touchdowns. But yeah, you get two touchdowns. And I think the biggest takeaway was one. He didn't turn the ball over. Mm And he took way more risk. That's the – me and you saw it last yep. year. Garantano would throw all of the check downs and and quick slant yeah. routes, and it'd be third and 14, and he'd throw a, you know, a little yeah. quick four-yard route. Or hold the ball too long or hold and then the get ball sacked and get sacked. that offensive line they yeah, had last year. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it was good to see because th- me and you saw it when – for all, you know, things you could have said about Quentin Dormany when he was at quarterback, that was when Marquez Callaway had his best best success. Mm-hmm. Why? Because Quentin Dormany wasn't, you know, afraid, I guess, as much to throw the throw the ball up for grabs sure, yeah. and, you know, give his receiver a chance. And I guess Garantano just didn't want to make that many mistakes. I think he only had two interceptions all year. And, you know, we saw Dormany – you know, he, he had yeah. his fair share of interceptions. Yeah, he had more touchdowns, but he had more interceptions, so sort yeah. of that risk-reward. Exactly. And now you see him stepping up and saying, okay, now I, I'm I'm more comfortable taking those shots. And, I mean, he did. He First few plays of the game, he goes out and he throws – he chugs a deep ball up yeah. for grabs. And and I know Pruitt, like I said, he's no nonsense. And he, he wasn't going to come out and compliment. I, I had that feeling that, you know, because – Garantano, he looked a lot better from what we saw. Yeah. I, I would say that. And like I said, the main thing is he he was giving the receivers a chance, and Pruitt came out was like, you know, settle down, everyone. You know, for one, you know, he wasn't talking down on Garantano. It was more, no. I guess, to um, speaking up about Will McBride. He was saying, look, this is one of 15 mm-hmm. practices. Exactly. You know, everyone hasn't seen what I've seen. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that, okay, Garantano had a great day today, but who are you to say, you know, Will McBride probably threw for 600 yards yeah, exactly, in, a scrim- right. in a private scrimmage or something? I mean, probably not. But well, you never know. You know it could have been right. 559 or something. You never know. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I mean, that's my biggest takeaway, his no-nonsense approach. He mm-hmm. wasn't going to, you know, build that hype around Garantano. And, I mean, like I said, I'd get Garantano a B sure. off of his performance. The efficiency maybe wasn't there, 15 to 27. You want him to complete more passes. And Pruitt did talk about giving the guys a chance more. A lot of balls he felt like were thrown out of bounds, you know, when they try to throw the jump ball. And he said him being a defensive coach, I mean, he 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 um, he, he said it was similar to baseball when you, you hit the ball deep and it's a long foul ball. Yep. So it's not a home run. Mm-hmm. It's a foul ball. So it's just a, you know, just a huge sigh of relief if you're a defensive coach. Yeah. And that's how he felt about it. So – um, I think Garantano was the biggest takeaway. He won MVP of the game. and But you're not going to get Pruitt to say that. No, no. And we'll talk about one reason why he's not going to say that later with, you know, the, the guy they have coming sure, yep. in. Sure, we'll yep. Yeah. Uh, we'll definitely make that a point of discussion. But, yeah, mm-hmm. to Michael, I think that's really interesting. You mentioned that, you know, 
we during the football season we did our own football grades. Yeah, you know, that's something that we did every week. We would have football grades, you know, grade the team by each position and even coaching. And I would dare say that Jimmy Pruitt was probably tougher on his team that oh. day than we were in most most of those grades yeah. we gave out. I mean, but, we got some criticism for giving out D's instead of yeah, D minuses. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> no, it was you know I had I had one guy respond to me actually on our Twitter page and said you know well we're watching the same game <laughs> and you know it's um. But, yeah, I think, you know, like you said, Jeremy Pruitt knows what kind of team he wants to build. He's been in really no-nonsense programs. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's an old-school guy. He's not in the process of, you know, saying things and working with different emotions or whatever. He's going to say what he thinks. Yeah. And he's going to say, you know, we need to get better. And he probably, you know, harkens a little bit back to, you know, his old mentor, Nick Saban. Yeah. He's not going to be probably ever satisfied. We might see yeah. him – you know, in year five, you, yeah, you get that feeling from a from a Jimbo Fisher type coach sure, too. Yeah. He he's that kind of fiery coach too. It's just that whole background he has, yeah. where all those coaches just are that you know have that that mentality to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think uh, you know, high school coaches. You know, I think a lot of times you see those high school coaches, they can be really tough on you. Yeah, oh, and so yeah. not only has he been in you know Saban's school of you know being you know I, I don't know if I'd say harsh, but being blunt and honest, and then you know. At a high school level, he coached at that level, so he's bringing both of those dynamics together. But, yeah, no, I don't think he was, you know, trying to diminish what Garantano was doing. I don't think he's trying to diminish anybody specifically. He just says it, you know, calls it like he sees it. Mm-hmm. He knows he, you know, he knows what's going on and he sees it and that's what he wants to impart. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, talking a little bit about Garantano, you're right. I think he did, you know, perform really well. You know, you did see that. He threw for – I think last season he threw for four touchdowns in total – and he threw for two in this game. Obviously, it is a spring game, so it's a little bit different. But to throw for, you know, half as many as he threw for the whole season before, I think that shows something. You're right. He was taking risks. He was fitting the ball. And he's fitting the ball well in some tight spots. Oh, man. His, yeah, his last throw of the game, that's – that was one of – maybe was the best throw that he had. I mean, it was the, to Eli Wolf, and he just yeah. – he's fitted basically between two defenders and gave Eli Wolf a chance to run after the catch, and yeah. it, was, it was a touchdown. And those aren't the kind of throws, you know. I feel like last season he would have saw those two defenders and he would have looked immediately for the check down. Mm-hmm. He would have looked for the running back. And if the running back wasn't there, he probably would have panicked, either got sacked or would have had to run and get one yard or mm-hmm. probably even, you know, try to throw it away. But, I mean, those are the, you know, that's that's confidence. That's that's maturity. That's growth. So you're seeing that. And I think, you know, Tyson Helton's a big reason for sure. that too. I, I don't think he's getting enough credit. Uh, obviously, you know, it was a vanilla, simplified offense. Sure, yeah. You know, every spring game is. But, you, you I mean, you saw it. They were under center. Yep. Then they'd be in the shotgun. It was a, it was a nice mix, a yeah. nice variation. Even in the I formation. Yeah, and, and that's, that was something action, yeah. a lot of people are excited about. You know, you get a fullback. I don't know how long it's been since we've seen <laughs> a fullback, you know, line up mm-hmm. in a Tennessee uniform. Yeah. So, that was pretty interesting. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, just that, that mix and that variation to throw defenses off and even like I said, it was vanilla, but it mm-hmm. was different, sure. and it was different enough to keep fans on their toes. And yeah, like, exactly. man, if he opens up this shotgun offense and this I formation, like you mentioned, or this single back, where we have two tight ends on the field, and you have, I mean, we are, we aren't even talking about the receivers yet. Like, I'm on record saying that the receivers are probably the best group on this team, and I, I think I like a smart man out there yesterday. Hey, well, you mm-hmm. know, I don't, I, mean, I don't disagree with that. You. That performance that they put on was was impressive. I mean, Josh yeah. Palmer, what, 77 receiving yards, he led the way. Uh-huh. And we we heard a lot about Josh Palmer. 
um, last year. You yeah. know, Butch talked him up a lot. And fans know about Marcus Callaway. Yeah, I don't think exactly. there's, you know, he, he showed the same ability to go had get the jump ball. another one-handed catch yeah. Yeah, in the end zone. And and Brandon Johnson had had a nice couple catches as well. Mm-hmm. And he had some, you know, he's he's been known as probably the best route runner out yeah. of the guys. They they, they um, tout him for that. And that's a that's a nice threesome, and you know Pruitt, you know, like I said, he's 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 not too quick to give out the compliments, but he says, you know, those those guys, those three guys in particular, they have a lot of things that you want in your receivers, and he basically just said it's up to the quarterbacks to get them the ball, like give them a chance, and <laughs> I mean that's all they need. Yeah, so Demichael just. We're going to hit on that, you know, that talking point that you mentioned earlier. The quarterback. Yeah, obviously, you know, Keller Christ is coming in, Mm -hmm. you know, over the summer. Um, He's a guy that's transferring from Stanford. He's a graduate transfer. He's a guy, frankly, a lot of fans are excited about. He's someone, you know, seems like a pretty pro-style quarterback. Um, He's a guy that, you know, is a – you know, he he showed out well at Stanford. He had some good games. He did end up losing the job, but – you know, a lot of people think he could really push Garantano for that starting job, maybe even win it. So, does, does seeing what Garantano did in the orange and white game uh, on Saturday, does that change your perception of what Keller Christ is coming up against? Do you think maybe because Garantano won that MVP award and he played well, mm-hmm. does that sort of change your idea of how much Keller Christ would have to do to win the job? Or do you think, like Jeremy Pruitt said, you know, it's just one and it's just another practice? Yeah, I mean. I think it I think it was a little bit more than just another practice because, you know, it was it was the one with the fans there and mm-hmm. and things like that. But um Keller Chris coming in, you know, we you've seen him play at Stanford and obviously, you know, he was benched and things like that, but obviously he's he's talented. Yeah. Keller Chris has talent. There's no doubt about that. And graduate transfers. You don't no college football program is trying to bring in a graduate transfer to sit on the bench. Yes, exactly. that graduate transfers come one year, two at the most, but usually, especially in football, it's usually one year to play one, and that's what you know. Keller Chris is here for. He's not going to be able, you know, to be here long. So doesn't he's coming to, to play. Time. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. want to waste I his mean, time. I <laughs> mean, why, why else would he transfer? He's exactly. coming to play. Yep, and I think. You know, probably at some before um, they saw what Garantano could do in in the spring, it probably was a pretty good indication that he would get the job. But now, I mean, it's definitely up for grabs, mm-hmm. and I can say it's definitely a two horse race. I don't think Will McBride yeah. is in that conversation as much as you know. I guess they were trying to make it out to be in the spring. Uh-huh. They were yeah. trying to keep it, you know, as a battle. But yeah, well, I think after what we saw last season, where you know, obviously Garantano did have the better stats, look better mm-hmm. sometimes, but I think it wouldn't be hard for fans to see when McBride sort of overtake him. But mm-hmm. they were it was pretty different in that spring game. Yeah, yeah. I, I always thought it was it was weird because Will McBride I mean, I said it before that he benefited from the lack of good offensive line play. Yeah. Because of scramble. his free his yep. freestyle of play and but when, you know, he had to stand in the pocket and mm-hmm. make throws and read defenses, it was harder for him. Yeah. And, I mean, that's understandable. He's still a young quarterback. Sure. But I feel like Garantano is way way ahead in that area. And Killer Chris obviously would be, for one, yeah. he's, he went to Stanford. Yeah. <laughs> and for two, I mean, he's experienced. And this is going to be a very good battle. And I think Garantano winning MVP of the spring game, throwing two touchdowns, 
throwing all those deep balls, even the ones that weren't caught. I mean, he he's not, you know, in this battle to lose. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know a lot of people say, can they play two quarterbacks? I, I wonder what your thoughts are on that, but okay. I, I don't. I don't see it because Pruitt said he was like he, – he jokingly said this. He was like, we may not know who our starting quarterback is until the fourth quarter of the first game of the season in Charlotte, you know, against West Virginia. Mm-hmm. But I feel like these two are more similar than people probably make out to be. I don't think Garantano is your typical dual threat because, you know, people say, oh, he's the dual threat. And yeah, that's what he was billed as, come he, in especially. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, when we saw him play – we didn't see 25-yard scrambles, you know, and him keeping no. read options and taking them 20 you saw, yards. You saw more of that from Will McBride. Yeah, yeah. You, yep. Yeah, you saw more of the dual-threat capabilities from Will, Will McBride. And I felt like Garantano, he's 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 a pass-first guy, yep. and he could tuck the ball maybe in last resort type thing. But And, I mean, Keller Chris, same way. I mean, he's not the best athlete, but, I mean, basically there isn't – too much of a difference there where you can say, oh, we have a running type quarterback and we have a pocket passer type uh-huh. quarterback. So I feel like one guy will win this job. And the main thing is you don't bring in a grad transfer just to sit to on the sit bench. sit on the bench, yep. that that little part is what I can't get past me. Sure. So right now I'm, I'm going to say Chris will win the job. Okay. But the way Garantano played, he's definitely put his nose deep in this competition. Uh-huh. And – he had his faults. I mean, like I said, fifteen to twenty-seven isn't the best, right. you know, numbers in the world. But I'll give Keller Chris a slight advantage just for that reason alone. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I will sort of respond to your query there. And it's yeah. like, um, personally, my own personal, you know, coaching philosophy, I guess, is uh-huh. I don't think there's a problem playing two quarterbacks. I yeah. think if you have two guys that you legitimately you know, feel like both could give your team a chance to win, especially when you're a first-year head coach and you're figuring out what you're working with, why not play them both? Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you're not in the SEC schedule yet, you know, in the first couple games, why not give them both a chance? I mean, that's the way you can, you know, you can see every day, you can see in practice, you know, one player might throw better to receivers when there's no one guarding him or whatever, but you won't know until you're in that stadium, on the field, directing the offense with the crowd, the crowd blaring behind you. That's who you know who your leader is. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I personally wouldn't have any problem playing two quarterbacks um, if I was the head coach of the Vols, but I'm not. Jeremy Pruitt right. is, and he's also working with Tyson Helton, and I don't see them doing that. Mm-hmm. I think Tyson Helton, you know, he's a guy that, you know, worked with Sam Darnold. He's been a big quarterback guy. Um, you know, that's what – he you knows at Western Kentucky, and his quarterback there played very well, set records. Um, you know, he's a guy that likes his quarterbacks, has relationships with his quarterbacks, and I think he and Jeremy Pruitt are not guys that I would see running two quarterbacks. I think they are more conservative about it in that way. I think you know they're not two guys that want to be gimmicky, want to mm-hmm. do something to throw the defense off balance. You know, they want to run these plays, they want one guy out there, and they'll beat you through physicality and not through gimmicks or tricks. So. I would I wouldn't have a problem with it, but I think Jeremy Pruitt and Tyson Elton would. I do not think that they will. Uh, I do not think that they will play two quarterbacks. Yeah. And I'm actually gonna, you know, I'm gonna say I think Garantano will get the start. Okay. Personally, I think, but I think that his leash will be pretty short. That's not to say that right. you know they're about to yank him or there would be a controversy. But you know, if you have that grad transfer there and you have a guy that, especially if it was a really close race in the summer and then mm-hmm. fall camp. I think that, you know, you could see 
Chris come in. If Garantano, you know, falters, doesn't play well through maybe two games, you could see Chris getting that start before the SEC schedule kicks off. So I think Garantano will get the start, but I think there is a good chance that we would still see Keller Christ. Um, I think that's definitely something to watch out for, and uh, we'll just we'll see how that goes. Yeah, because, I mean, you have the positives and the negatives with both quarterbacks. We mentioned the different style of offenses that Helton, you know, showed in the spring game, and I feel like Chris will come in experienced in more of the pro-style offense, being that he played at Stanford, and, you know, they mm. do a lot of stuff under center. Sure. While Garantano spent, you know, pretty much all of his snaps. Yeah. I mean, last year out of the shotgun. Yeah. And so – and what we we saw some troubles with snaps a little bit, did we in the spring game? Yeah, a I little think, bit. I think so. I think so. I'm I'm not sure, but um, yeah. But um, Garantano, he'll he'll probably have to get a little bit more comfortable under center. Wow, vice versa mm-hmm. for Keller Chris. But I agree with you on that that short lease. Whoever wins it, they'll probably have a short lease, especially if it's Garantano, because you don't want to make the grad transfer. I mean, you probably have to. I mean, to get a grad transfer to come to your school, you you probably got to tell him you're going to give him a pretty good chance at starting because, I mean, if I'm a grad transfer, I'm not going somewhere where it's a highly unlikely right. chance I'll don't play. Don't your time, yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, you you come to play. But, I mean, it'll be a very interesting battle. But, um, yeah, I think um, the offense in the spring game, they, they, definitely lit, they definitely lit it up. But there were some positives on defense mm-hmm. too. Yep, yeah. there were. Yep, yeah. well – that's that's going to wrap it up for us today, guys. The last episode of Checkerboard Chat for the season. Thanks for watching this one. Thanks again for watching every one of them. We have had a great time. Uh, thanks for bearing with us through through this year. A lot a lot of Tennessee news here, but you know, uh, we've we've been right here with you. So thanks again. Be sure all as always to check out the Daily Beacon. Uh, website, Daily Beacon Sports section. Um, follow us on Twitter. Um, and be looking out for Will Backus and Blake Von Hagen uh, next year on Checkerboard Chat. They'll be taking over. So thanks for watching, guys. And this is Tyler Wombles, and that's Demichael Cole. And see you later. <laughs>